I told you the other day, TMZ get everything. Everything. They like, got everybody we, on retainer. Everybody. I, just, I, I mean, they, no place is safe. No. Interior footage from the Golden State Warriors came out showing Draymond Green with that flying right to Jordan Poole. Yo, I'm always surprised by stuff like that. Like, even think back to the Bobby Knight fight and stuff like that. You would think those tapes being leaked would get somebody sued in a heartbeat because I'm pretty sure as an employee, you're signing off that you're not doing stuff like that. But nonetheless, we're grateful out in the streets that we get that shit. What up, what up, what up, Jason Spells in New York City, Brandon Edler in Los Angeles, and this Draymond Green saga continues to get fun, uh, not funnier, funnier is a bad word to use, it continues to be juicy, that's what it does, so look, I mean, look bro, his own damn coach got the, got the <laughs> are you seeing Osley Brothers, <laughs> but his own damn coach got the shit smacked out of him by Jordan, right, and think of all the footage we had from the last dance, we did not have footage of Jordan smacking a spark out of Steve Kerr. You you know we got footage. Mike just didn't let that shit release. But nonetheless. Fast forward, yeah. fast forward to 2022. And so it comes out, there's a fight, and everyone's like, this team, this is unacceptable. I'm like, man, you're fight. not on the team yeah. if you're not fighting. Right, right. I mean, like, I grew up in a town of 650 people. Like, everybody I played ball with, we had been – brothers since we were five years old we got into fights i mean it's just a part of it man you you're with the same dozen guys for three weeks straight constantly pushing and shut like it's it's inedible same way football like you watch whenever they get into about day 10 in camp fights start to go down i mean the punch because once again tmz posted the video on october the 7th and you know, I saw the push off the chest, and then that that flying, that, you know, he came over top and overhead right. It was solid because Jordan, Jordan fell. Solid. Jordan, yeah. Jordan didn't stumble. Jumble, Jordan hit the ground immediately. He got a lot behind that quickly. That wasn't yeah. Draymond's first he, punch. No, 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 no. But the funny thing is he he knew to do that to Jordan Poole. He went about to try that on uh, what Pat Bev say. <laughs> was it Pat Bev who was like, you can't touch the – no, it was um, Gilbert Arenas. You can't touch LeBron. You can't touch the two light-skinned boys in Golden State. You can't touch the Greek freak. They're just players you can't touch. Jordan Poole is touchable. Clay Absolutely. and uh, it's, it's like that. Uh, it's like that scene from Departed. You see that guy? You don't touch that guy. You know, just kind of one of those, like 100%. There's, there's a couple of made guys that are just off limits. You just don't touch them, and you're right. But the Splash Brothers are definitely two of those. Bronner, Bronze one, Giannis is one. Jumper those right those guys get touched. Jumper yeah, those guys get touched. Adam Silver is probably jumping in and suspending you for it, especially if it's so, LeBron. Le- LeBron might fall down, break his hip, and never play another game. So we must protect Brown at all costs at this point. First off, Brown built differently. As much Brown slander I've given on, the, on this show, his body giving out, I shockingly don't think will ever happen. Um, I agree with that. Agree. But, like, it, it, people are getting worked up over it. And I'm like, okay, they got in a fight. He apologized. Maybe misses their practice, like a fine. It, it, it's not that big of a deal. You just see now it's like we're so starved for stuff that like teammates getting in fights, which used to be like common knowledge. And I'm going to be straight up when they were fighting. I mean, shit, Rudy Tomjanovich got his face broke in a game. So yeah, like Kermit the, Washington yeah, smoked him in the seventies and eighties where they fought. It was like violent fights. Yeah. He, he got Jordan pretty clean, but that wasn't a look. He should be suspended and fined within the team. But like, it is very much a do about nothing. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one thing when it's in, you know, a game in front of the crowd, national TV, but when, you know, behind closed doors, what families do, that's what families do. You should let families take care of their business. I'm a big firm believer of that. Now, Jordan Poole was calling Child Protective Services for himself. That's another story, but, you know, you got to move on. People, people are so thirsty to take the tension away from their own toxic lives that they got to always constantly be crying out for something else that has nothing to do with them. So back to the Jordan Poole situation. I mean, they had Draymond come back on Thursday, apologize, and then he was going to be out past Saturday. I'm like, I'm confused as to what what's really going on there. But the video, the video did drop. I was, I'm just shocked at like actual closed practice video that was very well done. By the way, it could have been H. It could have been 4K though. Let's be well, honest. Well, I'm going to say no. You thought it was well done. Someone looked like somebody shot that with a potato phone. No, that's what, what I'm saying. Using, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. Were they using a fact, razor? No, I'm saying Razor the fact they phone? actually followed the action. Most of the Not time, good, it's like yeah. someone comes over at the last minute to catch like Jordan Poole falling. They follow the action, good, yeah. but they're using VHS tapes from 1986. Fact. And it's like, given the quality of footage, I would expect the Golden State Warriors to give me a better quality product. I would. But I commend whoever the staffer is who just got fired for putting this video out. Speaking of things that, why the hell were we forced to watch it? Thursday night football between the Indianapolis Colts and Denver Broncos. Are you talking about the whole game? (laughs) Bro, why? Why were we forced to watch that? That was the worst football I've seen since I had to rewatch some of my old seventh grade football tapes. Like, it was about the same speed and the same talent level. Dead ass. I, I text you with about, what, 13? No, it was like seven minutes ago in the third quarter. I'm like, Watch we go to overtime, and I'll be damned if the Colts don't end in another tie. And when Russ and team were marching down the field in overtime, I was like, they're going to play for the tie. Like, it's cool to play for the win, but, like, you you, you really need to – they're going to play for the tie, right? They're not going to put this ball in Russ's hands. And they put the ball in Russ's hands, and it was the most spectacular ending to the most unspectacular – Mundane game but, ever. Like, like, thinking about the game is making my skin crawl because it was just like, shit, I actually watched that. Dude, I mean, my my uncle, who's in his mid-60s and, you know, just elated anytime the Colts are on, could care less. You know, he's just a, a diehard fan, like, never are, complained about a game in his life. And even he last night was just like, this is tough to watch. He's like, I'm going to take my ass to bed. I'm like, I don't blame you. Have a good night's sleep. You know, your uncle had the same sentiment as the people in, um, in Denver. They left at the end of the end of regulation and on a home game, and their team had a chance to win. They were just, the fans in Denver said, "We know, we know this is not going to end well for us. We know what this offense from Nathaniel Hackett's going to give us. We have seen Russ ride horribly for the last four weeks. I I literally saw an actual I'm right, out of here. Fans streaming out at the end of regulation." They had better shit to do than actually watch their team that they paid for and sat outside for four hours for. People got they were even fed up watching the game. But I just don't get, you know, we talked about this last night. Fourth and one, I get that Javante Williams is out for the season. So you're kind of working with a running back by committee that you might not normally trust. But, like, have you not learned your lesson? Somebody even said it on the after show last night. Richard Sherman's like, too soon, too soon. Why would you throw that ball? And, and you know, Stephen Gilmore, you know, felt just like the, the Malcolm Butler situation. 
Also, I don't know who number one for the Broncos was, but you saw him react at the end of the game, slamming his helmet to the ground. He was wide open. Now, I know Russ and Sutton, you know, do Bible study together every morning or whatever they do, eat breakfast together, and he trusts him. Number one was wide open. Russ was not looking beyond his first read on so many passes last night, and those are the kind of things that we flame Mitch Trubisky, quarterbacks like that for over the past five years. Yo, I don't – Russ got that money, and he is laughing all the Maybe way Maybe Pete bank. Carroll made Russ look better than he actually is. Maybe – Interesting look, theory. Look, 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 no, not we. We can factually back it up. Look how good he's making Geno Smith look. Yeah, it's true. Like, 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 seriously, look at Geno Smith, and we will give our flowers to Geno Smith right now because he has been the butt of so many jokes going back to when his player, when his teammate sucker punched him when he played for the Jets. Guilty of some of those jokes. Yeah, he has been made to be just. A complete bust, a waste Dude. of a draft pick. And the man's been in the league for damn near 10 years. Yeah. And so He's to get a... this opportunity and to show out like this with the Seahawks and arguably one of the toughest divisions in the National Football League, I got to give more respect to Pete Carroll. I do. I do, That's Russ. Fair. No, he ain't, he ain't it. He ain't it. We, we've um, seen I Russ think... now. This is who he's always been. Yeah. I, I don't know if I go that far. You're really putting your foot on his throat, but I, I respect the sentiment. I think Gino has the highest completion percentage through five games for, you know, X amount of passes thrown or something like that in history. Like he's at like 77%. Like he's to your point, Pete's doing a good job. Focus on the run first, even though he doesn't really have a stud running back. Like he's, he's committed to what he's doing. That was the reason he let Russ walk. Russ wanted to cook. Pete wanted to run the ball first and then set up the pass from there. And, and Gino's done a great job executing. Pete wanted to run the ball because he knew what Russ was capable of doing. In the National Football League in 2022, anytime a team is dedicated to the run, it's because they need to have the quarterback be protected. It's not saying the quarterback can't go out and play the position. He can't go out and make all the throws. It's just we've got to get an extra man in this box to create a matchup more suitable for you. Or we have to have that safety or that linebacker pause for a split second to give our quarterback an option. You think but, Pete Carroll always wanted to be run first? He saw what Russ did and built the team around his franchise quarterback. The franchise quarterback thought he was bigger than the team. He thought this offense goes as I go. So when he left, Pete Carroll had already built its offense around a quarterback who, buddy, hand the ball off. We will set the run up. I assure you, you will get your opportunity to throw. Russ, he looked at Tom Brady. He looked at Patrick Holmes. If you're just joining us to recap, Jason does not think Russ Wilson is shit. He looked at Patrick. He looked at Tom Brady. He looked at Patrick Holmes. He looked at Herbert. Looked at Josh Allen. Even looked at Derek freaking Carr. He was looking around the National Football League and every quarterback out there hanging up 275. You look at the over-under on any time you want to place a bet. On average, only the crappy quarterbacks, Justin Field predominantly, they're saying over-under 220, over-under 250. Russ wanted Justin, to do that. Justin Russ Fields has 34 completions on the year. Sorry, not to digress. That was just a, a stat I heard yesterday that I could not believe. And, 34 and look, completions make, on the whole make year. Make or break season for him, right? Like, we came in. Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. These three quarterbacks, if they want to get paid, got to prove it. Two of them have. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is proven he has it. Mm-hmm. And he will be jettisoned because, keep in mind, the Bears went through a drastic transformation. 
after the last couple of seasons, when they got rid of their head coach, when they got rid of Trubisky, they realized we need a different situation. So now we got a new head coach, new general manager, I believe. They're going to want a quarterback that they can win with. They already know they can't trust Justin Fields. So Justin Fields will go the way of someone else, potentially. First-round draft pick next year's quarterback for the Bears, if, if it falls into place, if it makes sense for them? No. Because I told you, the number one overall pick line starts at number two behind the Panthers. They suck, bro. Man, we trade. I, I meant first-round pick. Sorry. Yeah, you guys are getting the number one pick. Baker Mayfield, 33 out of 33 for quarterback efficiency on the year. I was dead-ass wrong again about Baker this year. It's not the injury. It's Baker. See, some quarterbacks, it's them. Now, there's schemes that make them look good. That's what we saw in Seattle. But you can't sit here and tell me after four weeks of looking at the Denver Broncos and an offense that's supposed to be Aaron Rodgers-esque. Keep in mind, Hackett came from Green Bay, right? He's supposed to bring yeah, that kind of offense down. There. People thought Aaron was leaving Green Bay to go to Denver. That was the big speculation when Hackett left there. If Aaron Rodgers was on that team, they win that game. They at least score touchdowns. So, you know, we're talking about all, all the terrible play on the field last night, but the more disappointing moment that happened, neurosurgeon. After Russ got hit in the fourth quarter, the theater that the NFL put on. What did you think there? So we all saw what happened to two in successive Thursday, or excuse me, Sunday and Thursday night last week with his concussions. And a lot of talk was made about the process of clearing players, the process of how do we know this person is safe to go to the field? Because two clearly was not safe. And they fired that independent neurosurgeon or neurotrauma specialist. Apparently head. got really testy with them. Like they said, he had an attitude about the whole thing. Was very defensive about the whole ordeal. But I thought that was interesting that he wasn't very cooperative. Well, I mean, if he feels they're questioning his judgment as a medical professional, you know, you, yeah. if your professional ethics were tested, you would probably fly off because that is an assault and an affront to you, right? Right. So I get why the guy went off. So last night, the National Football League decided we're going to take the fans out the process. You know, I've been to so many football games, even after all of these institutions of like head safety for players. I've never once actually sat down and said, oh, that is the neural trauma specialist. It's independent. Sit on the sidelines all the time. It's not that big of a deal. Last night, the National Football League gave us three camera shot of these people looking at replays on the field. Three cameras, bro. Like it wasn't like, oh, it's here. It's like, okay, we have the up top camera, we have a down low angle, and we have the one over the left shoulder. Right. That was to put on the theater of, okay, this guy's injured. We gotta get him out of here. And then we saw them actually pull a player out of the game with 13 seconds to go. I believe it was number 42 for Denver, I believe. Yeah. So that we all saw what happened at Tua, and we all saw that first hit and said he probably should have been back in. But now right. for and the NFL, to... Naheem Hines, the third yes. play of the game as well. Third play yeah. of the game. Got him out. We all saw that, and it was immediate. Get him out. He shouldn't be playing. Mm. But to see the theater then in the fourth quarter, unnecessary play stoppage to pull a player out. The player's like, what? And there was no, like, clear shot of the hit that made number 42 questionable for concussion. The Russell Wilson fiasco, the three-camera shot with perfect lighting and a overhead boom microphone, like – it was excessive. It was. Excessive. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it past them. It would not be shocked if Sunday, when you log into your Sunday ticket, they're gonna have a new channel. It's gonna be the neurosurgeon channel, where it's just neurosurgeons looking at hits the whole day, just so they can show transparency that they're doing their job. The NFL would do some shit like that. We are definitely gonna see that in more games on Sunday. 
Just Absolutely. the, the uh, I mean, they, they, that was a preview. That was not the, that was if not you know, the main event. That was a preview. They got a memo for a hundred percent. I promise you the NFL sent a memo to the broadcasting booth to hyper-focus on that, to make sure that again, transparency, quote unquote, transparency. That's going to be a big deal. You're a hundred percent right. You're going to, the same way after Black Lives Matter happened, all of a sudden that was kind of like a code word you were hearing in the booth for about a year straight. It's going to be the same thing with the neurosurgeon in that booth. Well, oh, transparency? Or... Yeah, well, just them just like really hyper-focusing on that. Like, I mean, you notice it year in, year out. The oh, NFL I mean, it's, uh, it takes all of us. Exactly. To do what? Like, anyone can put anything they want behind it, right? Like... There are other ways we can fight systemic racism in the United States of America that don't involve necessarily putting a ubiquitous slogan on the back of a helmet. Mm-hmm. But that's me being critical. Uh, well, oh, no, speaking of being critical, they do. speaking that's of being critical, do. man, yeah. the Colts suck. I told you I'm done betting on them. I'm glad I sat out last game. But the Frank Wright coaching tree for a team that is what? Two, one, and one, or one, two, whatever they damn schedule is. Uh, for a team that's so bad... Frank Reich has created the head coach, his former offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. His former defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, now the head coach of the Bears. Frank Reich coaching tree has two other coaches under it for a team that never really won in the playoffs, missed the playoffs, and a team that has greatly underwhelmed. And I like Frank. I met him when he was in Indianapolis. I was there when he was coming in. Super nice guy. But it's not getting the job done. And yet his assistants get head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole regime's done. We were talking about that yesterday, too. I don't really see a world where any of them are sticking around after this year. It's just not working. All right, so uh, get to the horse end of the show. I want you all enjoy and have a great fall weekend, wherever you are and wherever you're listening from. Finesse of the week, Brandon. And this is a two-four. I'm going to let you go first. Bobby Wagner. Protester ran out on the field during the Monday night football game between the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. He had one of those stupid little smoke bombs. Uh, forget what was on his T-shirt, what he was trying to garner attention for. But you see the uh, you know 75-year-old officials chasing him around, just not getting the job done. Bobby Wagner got out there, form tackled his ass to the ground and jacked him up. Um, a lot of people on Monday, I'm sorry, Tuesday morning shows were kind of half jokingly like, oh, I bet the guy probably sues him for it, blah, blah, blah. It happened. The guy's press charges against, well, not press charges, but is uh, using legal matters to sue Bobby Wagner for unnecessary roughness, no flag on the play. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it's the same thing. Like, I don't know if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but there's a whole episode on this where. Larry David's being sued by a guy because the guy breaks into his house to rob him. And as he's fleeting away, he trips and falls into his pool and dies. So the family sues him for the death of the guy that broke into his house. Like, this is who we become as a society. People sue for everything. That, I know, that, but that is a the person that does something and... wrong sues somebody. I mean, it's just, come on, man. Come Once on. again, the, the finesse is the lawsuit industry. And I'm not, obviously, we need lawyers. I have friends who are lawyers. Um, but it's the frivolous lawsuit when you're in the wrong or when something doesn't go your way. So right. we saw that situation, what happened with Bobby Wagner. And then we go to what's happening in Foxborough, well, slash New Hampshire. Uh, a guy by the name of Daniel Vitale. Not related Damn, to you got to put his whole name on blast. ESPN put it on, well, the Associated Press put it on blast. Daniel Vitale, not sure if he's related to Dick. 
42 of Hempstead, New Hampshire, had purchased the United States flag that had been signed by one Tom Brady. Tom Brady signed this back in 2001. It was after 9-11, around December holiday time. So the guy bought it. He loved the flag. He thought it was great. He then loaned it out to the New England Patriots for some reason. He thought, hey, the Patriots want to borrow this flag I have. Cool. I'll loan it out to them. I'm a diehard Patriots fan, have been for 40 years. The flag was so significant to me because it was right after 9-11. It was the largest regular season game at Foxborough Stadium. Oh, and it was the last game at Foxborough Stadium before they went to Gillette. So Vitell lent the flag to the Patriots Hall of Fame in June of 2021. He was assured it'd be cared for properly. Nope, it was out. Sun hit it. It was exposed. I don't know if it was exposed to elements, but it said light and heat could pass through the glass that it was in. And when they gave it back to the dude, Tom Brady's signature was no longer visible on the flag. And now he is suing the Patriots for hundreds of thousand dollars to one million dollars. That's a big range, I know. But that's what it says. He's, he values the flag as much as one million dollars, according to a lawsuit filed against the team on Wednesday. It's your paper, boy. Wow. People need a little bit more i don't know a little bit more life in their life like these things really are just crazy so you got finesse patriot said let me hold that right quick it's like when you grow up in certain neighborhoods someone says hey man let me borrow your bike you ain't gonna get your bike back as always <laughs> i thank y'all for listening to the podcast if yeah real quick real life. quick real quick real quick i just saw something on instagram i got a shout out shout out to Moneybag yo who travels around with a full suitcase of fresh air force ones those those the heroes of the world, the real heroes out there, money bag, yo. Yo, smart. join me on the Black Air Force wave too. Brandon, if they grab your <laughs> Black Air Force this weekend, what should they do? Each one teach one, and if you can, reach them. Which people also, they can put their people on, have a great weekend. We'll see y'all back next week. Peace. Peace.